We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Knicks Film School pregame show. My name is Andrew Claudio and getting right to it on today's show. The Knicks flying sky high at the moment. Winners of five straight and 11 and two since the OG Ananobi trade. They welcome in all the way from South Beach losers of five straight and struggling to score 100 points unless they're getting blown out at home. Uh, and yet, I'm still terrified of them and no, have, I'm not looking forward to this game whatsoever. Uh, before the Knicks play the Miami Heat, you know what we have to do. We have to welcome our good friend from the Miami Heat beat. Uh, always cute, but forever a hater. Uh, Mr. Giancarlo Navas. Uh, G, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. Listen, I'm really excited that Jalen Brunson is starting in the All-Star game. I think that's great wow. news. Uh, How did you guys feel when he got the when when you guys heard the news? What was the reaction in New York when when you got the news that he was going to start next to Tyrese Halliburton? You know, I felt about as good as uh, uh, an opponent against the Miami Heat and pick and roll at the moment. <laughs> I just I, I was just con- I knew that this was going to be a success no matter what. <laughs> you guys are angry, bro. Twitter Twitter's on fire. I saw somebody say you guys were too mad at Candace Parker to vote. Yes, so that's what happened. Yes, <laughs> not that like the the way the national. It's actually Candace Parker's fault. Why? Because the national conversation around Jalen Brunson not checkers. is that he's Chess. not a, that he's not a star. You know, the, the he Jalen Brunson is not as as important or as famous as Dame Lillard, which is why. Look, the whole thing is stupid. I don't care. He's going to be an all star. We're going to look back in ten years and not think, you know, Jalen Brunson, four time all time all star starter. It's going to be however many all stars he made. So regardless, we'll have an all-star conversation a little later because I'm curious if you think any of your players are all-stars because the Miami Heat are struggling. Oh, yeah. And maybe you can act as my therapist here because... Your therapist? What about me? Because you either need to tell me why I should still be afraid of the Heat and still respect them. And if my fears going into this game are justified, especially since they're getting Jaime Hawkins back on Saturday. Or as we do a vibe check... About the Miami Heat, Giancarlo Navas. Um, are they as bad as they seem if you scroll through Heat Twitter for five minutes and that everybody should be traded, everybody should be fired? Um, is the run over? Like, how are the vibes in Miami at the moment? So I've been saying, I said when they won the five 
game straight. And I, I said on air, I said, I know that they're winning. I just don't feel they're as good as they were last year. And that, I think, felt weird to people because they had won more games in a row than they had in like years, right? They were, they were playing really good basketball. They were crushing bad teams. And I actually compared them to the Dolphins because all the Dolphins did was crush bad teams and lose to anybody who was like above 500. And really, the Heat have no signature win this season. Andrew, they've lost to to New York. They've lost to Boston twice. They've lost to Milwaukee twice. They've lost to the Clippers. They've lost to every contending team. Their best win may be Cleveland on the road when Cleveland was struggling or like the Lakers on the road, but the Lakers like aren't a good team, right? So yeah. it's like their their wins are not very good. They don't have a single win. They, they I guess they beat Philly without Embiid on Christmas. That, that's like, okay, congratulations. Like, cool. Thank God, because I went to that game. If they had lost that game, I, I was that would have been <laughs> the peak Joker moment. But listen, we have to look no further than the stars. And I've said time and time again, because everybody knows that I'm a Kyle Lowry guy and Kyle Lowry was scapegoated and he was traded. And oh, what do you know? He wasn't the only issue on the team. And listen, Jimmy Butler shooting 55% at the rim. He's in the 17th percentile. That is a career low for him. Think about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bam has shot 10% on mid-range field goals the last 10 games. That's not enough. Tyler Hero, Jimmy Butler, and Bam Adebayo together have a sub-500 record t- this season. I think, they're, I think they've won four games and they've lost like seven or something. Their defense has no bite to it, Andrew. Their defense, which used to be mm. this raving machine that would scare teams, that would run you off the line, that were swarming the pick and roll, is so... I'm going to use the S word. They're soft, bro. The help at the nail is just not impactful. I know that we we love our analytics. Jimmy has a negative DPM. Yeah. Defensive player estimated plus minus, which is regarded by NBA front offices as like the best advanced metric. So Jimmy, again, for the first time in his career, has a negative DPM. So he's like, this analytic has him as a negative defender. And if I test shows, that that's correct. And their offense is anemic. Hawkins is going to help because he manufactures stuff in the half court. He pushes and he pushes pace for them. He's really one of their few guys that will rebound and run off the, off the board because nobody else is doing that. He operates really well kind of the mid and low post and all that stuff. And Andrew, it just doesn't feel right. And it's mostly because I look at Jimmy and I'm like, this is not cruise control. I'm worried that this is how age starts to show. And you might turn it up in the playoffs. But if you're only 80% of who you are, you don't beat Milwaukee. You need to be that. And I'm not sure that he's going to get to that. He'll get better. But he won't get... I don't know if he'll get to where he needs to be on both ends of the floor. And that's where I'm at. And that's why I think this season feels way different than the others. So... I got to be honest, G, it's interesting that you start with Jimmy on this because like, I listen, we're, we're very fluent in dunks and threes here at Knicks Film School. We see the defensive EPM and how the Heat have three people with a positive defensive EPM. And you add in that 
Kevin Love not being there is like the leader on the Heat right now in overall EVM. Uh, and I, I was curious if this was going to be like a well when Jaime Hakez comes back, when Kevin Love comes back, there's a different level to this team that'll fix some of the offense. But I had hinted about this last night on the post game that from talking to you privately, you said like there's legit concerns about Jimmy that this is like 2020 LeBron in the sense that obviously not on the peak levels, but that like LeBron was LeBron picked his spots and that may be where Jimmy is now that he's going to pick his spots. Now to every Knicks fan that is terrified about this game, we wonder if one of those spots is going to be this Saturday against the, against the Knicks. But is it really like, like, I don't mean to follow up with just like, are you sure? But is this, does this, does this feel like, like you had said to me last night that this is, they're as bad as they were last year, but now they don't have the hope or heat fans don't have the hope of a potential out of nowhere yeah. playoff run, you know? I don't. And I think their process was way better last year because if you look at the numbers, their shot quality last year was some of the best in the league. And I don't care what you say. Max Schroes is a good shooter. Mm -hmm. Gabe Vincent's a good shooter. Duncan Robinson's a good shooter. Tyler Hero's a good shooter. Those are guys that knock that can knock down looks. And I don't I don't want I don't like when anybody's like those guys got hot in the playoffs. They regressed. They, they progressed to the mean. Because that season, they, Max was shooting like 20% at some point in the year. Yeah. That guy's not that bad a shooter. And they were getting good open looks. So all season, I'm like, well, Kyle also struggled. Kyle shot like low 30s all season. We all know that Kyle Lowry is not a bad shooter. He may be a streaky shooter, but Kyle Lowry is not an 82-game 33% shooter. That's not who that guy is. We have enough of a sample. We've seen him do it in big moments to know. So it's like when those guys start to shoot well in the playoffs off a more aggressive Jimmy going downhill, drawing a little bit more help, getting them a little bit better of a pass. You're just like, yeah, as he fans, you're like, that makes sense because A, they're due and B, they're look, they're already good shot quality increase. Now, listen, whoever saw that game knows what I'm talking about. Somebody takes, somebody goes, takes two dribbles into the paint. If they somehow beat their man, somebody sends help, you know, Boston was sending help at the nail and they immediately outlet to, they, they give it to whoever's at the top of the key. And then that's just one easy rotation. And that guy's covered and you're not getting the probing outside driving kick stuff that they were getting last year. Caleb Martin's third in the team and drives for God's sakes. Mm. You know what I mean? Like they're depending on that to sustain their offense. It's like Jimmy, Tyler, Hawkes, and, and him. And again, Hawkes is a really good player and everybody's excited and he's going to be here for a long time. But the fact that you're relying on like a rookie's driving kick game that is so instrumental to what you do on offense, your other best player, Tyler Hero, cannot beat anybody off the dribble, doesn't get to the rim, doesn't get free throws. Jimmy and Bam are the only guys that are getting free throws. And Jimmy, I think against, I think last night, did he have like, I think three free throws or something like insane. And that was a good scoring night in the time before he wasn't. So yeah, there are some indicators, Andrew, that I don't think are that are concerning. And again, this could all be elixed by Jimmy getting to a level that we did not think was capable of again. And maybe it's foolish to doubt him another time. <laughs> I just, I don't know, man. I don't see any indicator that that's the case. And every impact metric tells you this is, we have reached the downward curve. 
And that's concerning because he's age 34 with Tom Thibodeau miles. You guys are quite familiar. <laughs> I did think it was funny that OG's like, nah, man, I, I play for Nick Nurse. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm conditioned. <laughs> Tibbs light. Yeah, Tibbs said that too. How'd you know he could play these minutes? Because he played for Toronto last year. Oh, yeah, dude, was, Nick, Nick Nurse is a war criminal for some of his warm up. Yeah, what are you talking dude, about? Crazy. This is light cardio. So that's what I'm feeling. That's what I'm concerned about. And they, again, the no signature wins, even last season, they'd show up against a good team and they put like a good team in their place and be like, don't you don't you effing forget who we are? And this team this year, bro, Andrew, that was that was flat out embarrassing yesterday. Embarrassing. They were coming out of timeouts, and there were two out of timeout plays in particular. One ended in a Thomas Bryant corner three, and I was like, "What are we doing?" The other ended in a shot clock violation, and I'm like, "This is the most unserious team ever." And that was the good offensive night. So I, I have my worries, man. I have my worries. So as far as your worries are concerned and as far as the overall, I don't know if you echo the fan base and some of your listeners in the, the worries, but is the fix really just as simple as Jimmy gets better or Jimmy plays better? Or is there other things that schematically could be different? Cause like the, it's, there's some different personnel that the last time we talked about were like, they don't have Max Drews. They don't have Gabe Vincent, you know, Tyler heroes getting worked back into the fold. They didn't, make the trade for Dame. And, you know, now that you have Rozier and I, look, uh, the times I've watched the Heat, like I've been impressed by Hakez, but is like our reinforcements on the way or is this just, if this is what it is, they're, they're headed for the playing again. Okay. So on offense, let's start on offense. Yeah. Let's start there. Second fewest field goal attempts at the rim, shot distribution mm-hmm. at the rim. They take the second most mid range jumpers. Second to Phoenix. Now, Phoenix has Bradley Beal, Kevin Durant, Durant. and Devin freaking Booker. Yeah. This team has Bam Adebayo and Tyler Hero and Josh Richardson chucking them. Then we go to three-point shooting, about middle of the pack. They're about like 14th or something in in shot distribution. So the math that they take on offense is not mathing. They're also not good at the shots that they take a lot of. Right, they're middle of the pack in in well, they're poor at, at at shots at the rim, right? So they're they're shooting as a team fifty nine percent at the rim, which is just horrible. From mid range, they're again about the same middle of the pack at about forty four percent, and their three point shooting, which was really good early in the season, has cooled off. They're shooting about thirty seven, almost thirty eight percent, which is good, and they don't take enough of that. And it's partly because they can't generate more because of kind of the problems I told you. So I think the shot distribution tells you their biggest issue is rim pressure. They don't get to the free throw line enough. They don't put pressure on the rim. And when they don't put pressure on the rim, they don't manipulate help. They don't get help because what you want, because you need guys, you need guys open. And how do you do that? You get teams in rotation and they're not getting teams in rotation. They're not beating their, their, their men off the dribble. One of their most successful things that they ran when they were playing well was they'd run like pistol action with Kyle and Bam and and Martin or whoever else. And they were getting early offense with Bam in the mid post and they'd have people moving and stuff like that. That has been eliminated from their offense. I just don't understand why it was successful. They got shooting. They got movement. Now you watch them play and Rozier's running a pick and roll on one side. And I'm like, why is someone not setting a hammer screen? on the weak side 
why are you not relocating to the corner? Why, why are you not moving? Why is th- it's just part of it is scheme, Andrew. Part of it is like they need to they need to reinstitute these principles of off ball movement, off screening, because they're not gonna out talent you. Like Jimmy is like a an FU hard work kind of player. Jimmy's not gonna wow you with talent. Bam, I think is Bam and Tyler are probably the most quote unquote talented guys, but they have their limitations on offense. You need everybody to buy in and to to use everything that you have in the bag to be able to manufacture points. They're never going to be a great offense, but they they certainly shouldn't be the 20th ranked offense. And a lot of that feels fixable. But if they're not getting to the rim, how do they do that? So the easiest, most realistic solution is Jimmy gets to the rim more. Jimmy goes downhill more. And that theoretically fixes a lot. They bring in Rozier. He's not been good through two games. Let's and let's cut him some slack. You know, he just they just air they just airdropped him into a disaster. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> you know, they and he's not a good finisher at the rim either. You know, he's been very notoriously not good there. So they they have some questions to answer. And I don't know what kind of personnel move that they can make. I think, and I've said this a lot, I think Tyler Hero is a very good basketball player. I just don't think Tyler Hero is good for this team. And I would explore what hero a pick and Martin can get you, you know, cause they're not gonna be able to keep Caleb Martin past this year. Pretty, pretty likely. Although they did save and shave a little bit off the second apron. They got under the second apron with the Lowry deal. So that's pretty, I think that's pretty huge for them going forward, but you know, that that's really what it is on offense and on defense. And I don't mean to ramble, they're running more drop now. They switched a lot versus Boston yesterday, which I thought was interesting, and they got absolutely shredded. Mm. And I think those guys were not sharp in their switching because switching is very difficult, and Boston runs a lot of off-ball screens, a lot of on-ball screens. There's a lot of movement and action, and I think the guys were confused as to where they were. There was a play in particular where Duncan was confused as to where he was. Pritchard Springs free baseline gets a really wide ass open shot when they're already feeling it and hot and moving. Everyone's touching the ball. That thing's zipping everywhere. So they got to clean up the defense. I do think moving back to switching makes more sense. I think the drop, I'm not, I understand why they do it. I just don't think they have enough point of attack defenders to survive off a drop. They were, they are like hovering around top 10. So I, I guess it's kind of worked. But I just think that you kind of eliminate your strength with Bam and what he can do as a switch defender. So they also foul very little, which, Andrew, I think is a bad sign for them because when to me, that tells me if you're not fouling a lot, you're not physical. And that's what Eric's bullshit defenses are. They always at the top of the league in fouls. And to me, that's an indicator of like, we're dogs, we're physical, we're going to hit you hard. And they're not doing that. They're, they're just not. So I don't think they're felt. And that's kind of like on both ends of the floor where my biggest concerns are. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You just in detail laid out a lot of what's going on in Miami and more specifically what's wrong in Miami at the moment. And yeah. <laughs> look, the uh, I, I, I don't I admittedly didn't watch a ton of the blowout against the Celtics because I was watching the blowout. God, I against, wish that were me. I was watching the blowout against the Nuggets instead, which was was a positive viewing Must experience. Be nice. Wow, beating a good team. What's that like, Andrew? I know, right? <laughs> well, so it's funny you're mentioning the statement wins. The Knicks for a while, and like they have gotten fat on the bad teams are 20 and 0 against teams under 500 this year and they're one Which is not six. a small feat that's important to do too it's not and what's funny is that it keeps fluctuating i, I actually think it's back down to 19 and 0 because they beat the lakers who keep hovering around 500 so whenever the lakers drop below 500 that's so that funny it adds a win and they lost to the jazz so whenever they go under 500 that adds a loss so they're like fluctuating between one loss or one extra win by the plane based on Western what Conference. those two teams but literally what the the back half of the plane is doing point is since the OG trade there's a well there was what right before the OG trade there was a win against the Bucks on Christmas Day then they since the OG trade it's like a win against the Timberwolves a win against the Sixers a win against obviously last night against the Nuggets Did and beat there and that win and Bede played and like got his 30 points. And last night, Jokic played, had 31 and 11. And it was like, oh, so we're there's a curious nature to these statement wins of how how reckless are we allowed to be with our evaluation of them? The point I'm going to is that while I was watching the Nuggets last night, um, I did watch the Heat play the Grizzlies on Wednesday. And this is where oh, I noticed God. the like, you know, I actually don't hold it against the Heat losing to the Celtics. I think the most unstoppable thing I've seen this year is the Celtics starting five. And it was the, the more concerning win when I was texting like the KFS guys about like, oh, Miami was the Grizzlies game. And I know it was the first day of Rozier and I, I do know how you feel about Kyle Lowry, but if you want to share for Nick's film school people... Miss my, miss my fat king. Well, tell me about your fat king that not only... Probably won't like not only is not going to play for the Heat, but may end up in Philly, your that's, least favorite team in the league. <laughs> that's DefCon one for me. Talk me through your emotions. How are you going to be able to watch a Heat team fall to the play and potentially watch Joel Embiid and Kyle Lowry go play a title? So I, won't. Not watch. I, I simply <laughs> will log off. We are Andrew, folding listen. Miami Heat beat, is what's happening. I, I hope that you guys and your audience understand me, that you know that I am someone who is guided by hate. Yes. I hate the Sixers more than I love my own family. I also hate the Knicks more than I love my own family. And if if Lowry plays for either of those teams, it's a wrap for me, man. It's mm. over. It's it's just over. And I'm praying that DeMar can can wrangle him to Chicago. I'm just hoping. I'm hoping that Kyle just wants to be with a friend again. You know, but I don't think it's I'm, in play. I'm I don't think so it's in play. scared. I'm <laughs> so scared, dude. I'm, I'm I'm not even saying like trying to like report anything. I just like have some intel on this, and it seems like Philly's going to be it the seems, place. It seems so. Like for your audience that's not like too familiar with me, Kyle Lowry is my favorite player. I mean, mm -hmm. pretty much after Dwayne, 
you know, it's been Kyle after Dwayne Wade retired. Kyle has been my favorite player, and I'm more than Jimmy, more than I've loved him since he was in Toronto. I, I've, 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 if you're interested, I, I did a, a pod on it and I tweeted an excerpt of why he's so important to me and how he really saved my love for the sport. So I love that guy a lot. And watching him, I don't think he was that bad in Miami. I think that he for sure wasn't doing what they needed, which is, you know, scoring, <laughs> putting points on the board, say, scoring points and like creating points for others too, right? Getting buckets. I actually do think he was creating for others. I don't think the playmaking was as traditional as I think people wanted, but I know that he's like top 10 and like secondary assists or something. I saw that um, the guys over at, um, at uh, the, the LeBron's, the stats guys, what, what are their, I, I want to, Basketball, basketball, people index, people index. Thank you. Yeah. I wanted to credit Krishna and and uh, and Tim and all the guys doing great yeah. work over there. But yeah, so like Kyle was a connector for this team, and I think they didn't need a connector. They needed like an actual player that was going to help raise their floor a little bit because they didn't need an amplifier because it was nothing amplified. <laughs> you know, the <laughs> volume was on the volume was on two, and, and they needed they needed the volume at like ten. So then they can amplify it. And so I understand the move to, to get Rozier because Rozier theoretically gives you some rim pressure, gives you some shooting, which I think they need a little bit more of. Gets you gets a guy that gets you to the line, guy that can play pick and roll with Bam, a guy that's just going to like take more than three shots a game, uh, who's younger, gets you under the, the second apron as well. So you can potentially be in play for a bio guy. So it's kind of like theoretically a two for one. You know, you split Kyle into a player and then another a guy that you can bring later. So I understand why they did it. I just think that they what they lose is Kyle's help defense was still very good. As a point of attack defender, he was very diminished, obviously at 38, 37, 38 years old. You know, that's going to happen. But, you know, again, he had his warts. I'm not, I, I always say I'm, I'm not blind. I'm privy to reality. However, you know, again, his help defense was good. The connecting element was good. The, the ball movement always moved the ball, always made sure that the ball found people. I think what he gave them in transition was important as well. Uh, I think as a rebounder, you know, they're going to miss him a lot. So sad, but you know, gotta guess I got to truck through it. But man, if he ends up as a sixer, so you don't think he's going to end up as a Nick? I don't. I oh, like the Villanova you. thing is in play. I mean, like, I will say that. Yeah, I saw you tweet first, about that. I was like, oh I no! Just, like, the first thought I had was like, oh, so a Villanova veteran is now a free agent. I wonder what what that could mean. And the Nick Nurse of it all, the guys from Philadelphia, I, I think it, the the ceiling as much as I, I hate to admit it. I don't know if the Nick Nurse thing helps. I got to be honest with you. He Apparently, he's still close with Nick Nurse, though. Is like he? He, he won a title with Nick Nurse. So the chance to go try and win a title with him makes at least make at least makes sense to me. Look, I'm I'm still trying to calibrate whether the Knicks and the I guess Sixers should be in the same there, conversation. Because right? they start, um, they start so Maxie and next to Maxie. Yeah, they, they start Maxie and Melton, right? Yeah. So Can it's I just like, be honest? I wouldn't, I wouldn't mess up that starting five. He wants Melton's to been start. great next to Maxie. He's not... He was not happy about coming off the bench. He, well, he can't go to New York. He can't... Yeah, who's the starting? It's, it's Brunson and... Steven Chenzo next to Brunson. And their starting five is like a plus 15 right now with Ananobi. Yeah, the Knicks need I a just backup point guard. He could. He. I don't. I. I just don't really see where where he could start. I know that that's something that's important to him, and he was not happy about. It. And I understand. A, maybe he'll accept the bench role if he's behind a real point guard. But like, I think he saw here they were just they just opted to go with no point guard instead of him. And I'm, I understand why that would get him mad. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and he's a persnickety guy. Good word. Uh, so the guy that you did get, Terry Rozier, my only take on it was, like you said, they needed to boost the offense. You can see it a little bit on defense. He needs to come here and not look to facilitate. Um, that's one thing I noticed. And this is, again, two days. You didn't really get to practice with the team. But you two days, two games, and you're not really in the flow of an offense just yet. The thing I'm curious about, which is what I wanted to ask you, he's going to soak up a lot of usage. So who's sacrificing? And if it's Tyler Hero, how's that going to go over? It's going to be a little bit of everybody. I, I always, We always joke that Jimmy's probably going to willingly just be like, oh, thank God, I have to do less. <laughs> okay. um, not, not that he's doing a lot right now, but I, I think it'll come from everybody. I think guys are going to get their shots up. I think that they can stand to play a little faster. And by playing a little faster, you naturally you know, get people more raw possessions. I think you'd hope that they play faster, right? That's that's kind of the easy solution and playing mm-hmm. faster helps your offense, right? So we'll see. He's also like, I know he's like a point guard, but he's also kind of not a point guard. So like they're still kind of running without a point guard. I don't really think he and Hero are going to coexist well on the floor together. Uh, Memphis put him and Tyler in pick and roll every time down the floor at the end of that game. And Scottie Pippen Jr. was just absolutely cooking them, which is just a funny sentence. <laughs> um, you know, he's been cooked by two generations of that family. Yeah. yeah. And so kind of annoying, but you know, he needs to be able to score. He needs to be able to get downhill and it's, you know, the sacrifice is going to, it's going to be a collective and he's going to have to sacrifice too. He's not going to be a 20 point scorer here. You know, there's four guys that, that want the ball. It's not. And he said that, I, I believe the quote was, he's like, I know my days of putting up shots whenever I want are over or something like that. I, so uh, I believe Lowe said it. Hold on, but are they? Don't, didn't they get him to come in and score? To yeah, put they up did, shots but I mean, he's want? not going to lead the team in shooting or whatever. No, like, of course you know, not. But like, what I'm saying is like, he's my not going to be a 20 to score. the trade, but yeah. can he be 19? Like, I, be I like, looked at that trade and was like, like, okay, this is maybe irresponsible of me. The Miami Heat tried to trade for Dame Lillard this offseason, as you know, right? Didn't you just get like a guy averaging 24 a game? Like, doesn't this fill that role without having to give up the the asset load? Like, what am I what am I missing here? That are, you, is, are you doing the Bill Simmons 80% of hero? Are we sure 80% no. of, of Dame? It's very much like I I thought the the trade was a home run, which is why I'm so terrified that it's gonna break out against the Knicks. Now the Knicks have a different defense at the moment that I don't know if you're breaking out against them ever but over time I guess I'm a little more optimistic on the the Rozier trade that this is that we will hear from the Miami Heat again as far as the offense is concerned right I guess but I mean like I said what you lose what you lose you what you lose defensively I think matters but you lose mm. as that connector matters so I do think that they'll be better they're better I'm not this is not they are a hundred percent a better team with Ros- theoretically with Rozier than, than Lowry, right? Like, obviously, mm-hmm. he provides. I agree them. with you, by the way. Theoretically, we got to see it, but I'm not. Yeah, well, also, like, I think their playoff equity, I think what Lowry gives them in playoff equity matters a lot. I think that a guy that makes winning plays, they don't beat the Bucks or the Knicks without him. I mean, I think you remember game one. Game one, man. Those four steals, that, 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 that would to me was a they Kyle were, Lowry they were, game. They were blocks. You know? Boy, they blocks were blocks. Blocks and steals. He, 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 had a ton of, he had a ton of stocks that day. I yeah, was, he did. Very annoyed by Kyle Lowry in his minutes. Dagger. I was in. I was in the building that day. That was the most fun. I don't think we've spoken since then. That was. That was the first time I'd ever been in the Garden, and that was my first road playoff game. That was my first road basketball game I've ever been to. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was. It was fun. 
You've told me how much you enjoyed being at the game, by I the did. way. Don't worry. I did. You have I, many you know, there, were, there were Heat fans <laughs> in my section, too, who, who were listeners. So that was really cool. That was fun day. Fun day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I say all this. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. It was big time. No, but I, I, listen, I'm not going to torment your. I'm not going to torment your audience. Uh, they're they're a lot better than we are. This we moved year, on. So. Our whole, yeah, our yeah, whole yeah, no, it's, the way it's the Knicks are now. That's not, a distant memory. That's that's the thing only, we had to go through. Exactly. Yeah. And now we're we're now I'm I'm so terrified of you guys. So you know you guys win you win this round. But <laughs> you know he was so big for them in that in that Buck series in particular. You know he made. A, I mean, there were so many big defensive plays he made in that game that they just. That's not, it's not like on offense that you can like replace like, okay, well, this guy's going to be able to shoot from this corner. If this guy does this, like defense is not like that. And like the stuff he was doing on holiday and the, the, he got steal on Giannis. He forced a huge turnover in an inbound in game five, which gave Miami the ball. And then they won the game. You know what I mean? With like eight seconds left or something. So it's like that stuff you're going to lose. And I don't, was Rozier going to do that? No, you got to hope that Rozier is going to provide for you on offense in a way that you don't need those plays. And that's kind of how you eliminate that. So, you know, it's a give and take. Obviously, Rozier is a better player at this point in his career, and he's going to help them scoring wise. Obviously, what did he have? Seven points on three for 10 shooting last night. That's hopefully not going to be the standard. Um, and we'll see, you know, whether he breaks out against the Knicks or not. I don't, I don't know, but Miami needs to find a little bit of life sooner rather than later because your season's slipping away. And listen, these teams in front of them, man. New York, not messing around, right? Indiana, not messing around. Cleveland has really found something eight and two in their last 10, right? I, I think you're just kind of out of play for the three seed, right? You, you're just trying to get to, you're just trying to get to, to four or even five, six to avoid Boston in the first round. Although I, I doubt they care. And then you have Orlando on your heels that, well, I don't know, that, that team's kind of, that seems scary, I gotta, bro. I gotta be honest. If I'm slotting the heat right now at seven, like it's you're hosting the the Magic. You're the better team. You're the more. I don't like that. Team. I don't like what? that. The Magic scare me, bro. The Magic they scare me like too because the, so they're, it's they're not necessarily our boogeyman, but like they just you want to talk about not scoring. Like you're not gonna have to worry about them outscoring you. And I trust the Miami Heat in a close game. You know that's I think the the confidence I would give you there. The point I'm making is like if you're trying to just avoid Boston, then go play Miami or excuse me, go play Milwaukee or go play uh, Philadelphia. They as a for sure rather play Doc Rivers than. I think we're all kind of. I mean, I, I thought the Knicks would have the advantage Tibbs over Griffin. Of course, I still think the Knicks have the advantage Tibbs over over Doc, but that may be be naive of me. Um, the point being that I I do think we'll hear from from your boys again. I'm still. I am oh, still yeah. terrified oh, yeah, going into this game on Saturday. Um, but that's I am PTSD. curious how you... F- of course that's, it is. We've talked about this. They're the pure, boogeyman. You're my boogeyman. That's Giancarlo. pure PTSD. See, I'm scared because I don't want to lose to you guys because I hate you guys and I don't want to mm-hmm. lose. I don't like losing to you and I don't want to deal. I don't want to live in a world where everybody has to make fun of us because that's what's going to happen. And you I'm going to see the stupid when video, the, the bing bong, all that stuff, those guys in the streets. Uh-huh. I, I to live that over and over again. And it's gonna be, it's gonna be, it's gonna be my hell. Giancarlo, you know what? Only the only thing that saved the Black Friday experience of watching the Jets lose to the Dolphins and then watching the Knicks lose for three quarters to the Heat was that fourth quarter, those twelve minutes where they came back against the Heat on that Friday night. I just night. forgot about that game. Thank you. Thank You're you. You're welcome. We, I, we were so I, excited, you, but you realize how how much of a grip the PTSD has on us. We made T-shirts after 
that you game. Did? Okay. After a regular season game? We talked about this. I sent oh, you the right. t-shirt. Yes, I remember. Yes. I remember. That stupid Alf, quote on your court. We turned it into our own. Yeah. Alf made, Alf made fun of it. It's like, are these people really doing regular season shirts? Alf, one of my co-hosts. Because my that's how we consider the heat. Anytime we get to that's enjoy so victory true. over them, we're going to enjoy it because you could be like, here, here's the, the scenario I painted on the post game last night. If the heat came into this Saturday, with Detroit's record, I'd be afraid of the Miami Heat. Well, that's different because then you don't you don't want to be the team to lose to your. If they came in with Charlotte's record, the point is you could have been zero and something, and I would be yeah. like, "It's Jimmy Butler." They're like, it's the, I'm, I'm terrified he's going to get 17 free throws. You're like you're like Bill Simmons of New York. Maybe like in the I, fact I don't, we like, were, I don't like what Bill's doing. Though. <laughs> what, what Bill Simmons has done, he, Bill Simmons was the one that said Rozier is going to be eighty percent of Lillard, mm-hmm. and now people are making fun of us. Like we said that, right? They're like eighty percent right. of Lillard, huh? You freaking jokers! And I'm like, we didn't even say that. <laughs> well, that's you can take that up with Bill if you want to take up with the sports guy. I personally, and look, you've painted a picture of a, a team that the Knicks should be able. To beat on Saturday, and look, I'm curious what this this Knicks defense is is gonna if if they look Jaime Hawkins coming back, I do think will help, but the Knicks are just not allowing 100 points to anybody. And if a team like the Heat who has struggled to get to 100 points, you know, if the Knicks come out and hit their we'll shots, be right I think at this home, should baby. be a win. You know, we'll be right at home. Yeah, yeah. So tell me your your distant observations of the Knicks since the OG and Anobi trade. What are you thinking? Oh, dude, hand and glove fit, and Anobi is. You know, and I said, I know that a lot of Nick fans were like, I miss quickly. I miss RJ Barrett. I think RJ Barrett's a bozo. And <laughs> is that I think, how he sounds? <laughs> yeah, bro. I'm like, you guys were obsessed with RJ Barrett. And I was like, I've never seen a fan base so obsessed with like an okay player in my life. I think I'm it's nothing. You, I was very critical I'm, at RJ towards the end. Because like y'all nothing. drafted him and he was like a double digit score that you drafted. And I'm like, that guy is like the most okay fringe, like, you know what I mean? Like fringe starter. You know, whatever. Now Raptor fans are doing it because he's Canadian. And I was like, have some have some self-respect, damn it. Quickly's nice. I like Quickly, and I thought that w- that made a lot of sense for Toronto. But the RJ thing, I was like, that guy's like, that guy's just whatever, bro. Uh, and Anobi, mm-hmm. that guy is that guy is really good. You know? And us, you know, so I'm like, I have like a little my, my heart's in Toronto because of the Kyle stuff, and I've been a fan of the Raptor scene for a while. So, you know, we had always said as Raptor people, like the second he goes to a big market, the Depoy conversations are going to go like clockwork. Second in odds of this so morning. So annoying. Yep. <laughs> I'm like, we knew this. In fairness, he's plus 239 in yeah, 13 bro, games. I know. Like, I've, I've seen. He's The that impact good. is insane. They're bro, the, number seven, the number one offense since the trade, Andrew. you know? I'm not going to front and I'm not going to, I'm not going to make fun of you guys. Like there's nothing because I wanted that guy so bad that my co-host and I got on air when Masai was like three first round picks or nothing. And I was like, do it, like (laughs) do it. Cause I think that kind of player, I think there's two really valuable things in the league that are so difficult to get real legitimate shooting off the dribble. Like three point shooting off the dribble, like that's so valuable, and a three and D, a real, not like like a real three and D switching four that can actually shoot and put the ball on the floor, right? That is such. I think 
every team that's won a title has like a guy like that. Aaron Gordon. You know what I mean? Like, like guys like that, you know, Ananobi, Kawhi, although Kawhi is like the final form of that. I guess you could say Pascal but the Siakamu. Spurs, the early Spurs version that yeah. won in, obviously in 2014, you know that well, but like that's where, that's where we're going to with our comps for Ananobi, by the way, that he can be, be that. Yeah, well, because like if you look at when guards kill you, guards are small. And if you mm-hmm. put size and if you swarm guards, there's a way to control that. And it's why Bomani Jones once said something about Chris Paul that I've never forgotten. And he's like, have we ever stopped to wonder that the reason Chris Paul has never won is because a guy that small shouldn't be having the ball that long at the end of important games. Mm. And I was like, that is so true. Now, Steph breaks that math because of the first thing I said, that shooting off the dribble is insane and the way he moves off ball and stuff. So, and he's a little bigger as well. And he has a bigger wingspan and stuff like that. But these elite guards, and there was even like a, a narrative for a very long time in the league before Steph started winning a lot that was like, oh, if your highest points per game scorer is a guard, you know, that that hasn't won a championship and I don't know how long or whatever. But power wings are what win titles, right? Now we're in this age of like these Godzilla centers of Jokic and Embiid and Giannis or whatever. But like Kawhi, LeBron, these power, Paul George, like these guys that are like six seven to six nine that defend that sh- that go off the dribble. Kevin Durant, those kinds of guys are the most deadly scorers, and you have to contain them with another wing. And those wings, you can switch onto bigs and then send help to at least give you a chance. I mean, Jimmy's one of those guys too, right? Jimmy's in that category of power wing. So that's why I think a guy like Ananobi is so valuable because he's going to be guarding the most deadly scores. Tatum, right? Mm-hmm. And Embiid has a turnover problem, bro. Embiid, Embiid has more, you know, Embiid has more turnovers than assists in closeout games. You want to know what's crazier about Embiid? Knicks fans are like legit annoyed with the Randall turnovers. I think they're coming from a good place because he's like not putting up a bad shot. He's looking for guys now, but like his turnover rate's really high. And then you go to the stats and it's like, oh, but Embiid turns the ball over more. And that's the guy we're apparently trading everything for this summer. But when you, Embiid is better, but I agree with you. Like When you're that tall and you're putting the ball on the ground, you're going to turn the ball over more. I don't know what Tibbs is going to do to defend Embiid if they play in a playoff series. But for example, Miami with their power wings, they front and they swarm. Mm-hmm. Right. So they front the they front the post. And when that catch has to go, you know, because when you front the post, now he has to go a little deeper into the baseline. That pass is going to go over. They have to go out to catch that in the baseline. When they go out to catch that, the front man recovers. That guy on the weak side corner is now going to come in to help or the guy at the nail. And they are going to swarm and they are going to they're going to pin him at that baseline and they are going to force him to make a pass that now Jimmy's at playing free safety or whoever. The, the Knicks are going to have, and they're going to try to pick that pass off. They're going to try to get a deflection or so or that. That's what Ananobi provides you. That guy who can either be the one affecting the pass, can be the guy to swarm, or to be the guy to front, and then they come help with size. Kind of similarly what the Lakers are trying with Hachimura and AD against Jokic, right? You help with the size. Hachimura is a smaller guy, and then AD comes over and, and tries to bother him. So and Anobi unlocks so many elements of your defense. And Anobi was also the guy, the first, and I've said this on my show a ton, the first team that solved the Duncan Robinson, Bam Adebayo, DHO, that Andrew at one point was scoring two points per 
possession, like two nuts. points per play, two points per play. Every time they ran that, they got two points out of it. Insane. And the first team that solved that was the Nick Nurse Raptors because they're like, hey, we're going to put Ananobi on BAM and then we're going to switch that, you know, and we're going to put another wing on, on Robinson because Ananobi is going to be able to both guard BAM and guard Robinson. And it worked. And that's, that's the kind of versatility that that guy brings you. And that's why that's such a home run for them. Not even to mention that he's a good offensive player. Maybe not the yeah. best, but he's good. He could shoot. He could put the ball on the floor. But what he provides you on defense is just otherworldly. Yeah, I, I want to give credit. Uh, between Benji, one of our, our film guys yesterday, was pointing out how much he just attacked the, the DHOs last night against uh, Jamal Murray and and Jokic. And like, the guy had six steals, three of which were just like just stripping Jokic in the same way that he was like guarding Murray and then switching and then able to get steals that way. Uh, Benji pointed it out. Uh, our buddy up in Toronto, Esparahini pointed it out. Prez over at the Strickland. I, he, the, the comp we made last did night. Did you just make, did you just make uh, S Italian? What did I say? Barahini? Did I go full? Yeah. It, <laughs> it that, may that come with territory, it's unfortunately. It's a New Yorker in you, my brother. <laughs> I was about to say, I can, might not be able to help it, help I it love there. That. I Point love being, um, we compared him to Deion Sanders last night that it's just like, all right, he's on the field. Quarterbacks are throwing it over there. And I added the wrinkle, like, what if he was also Randy Moss or Wes Welker, where he's also like a really good elite offensive player that demands attention and demands... Um, you I don't know, like giving credit this. to Patriots. So, okay, fine. Well, I, I know. I, so let's go Minnesota, Randy Moss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go. Well, he's are you not allowed? Exactly. To, are you allowed to compliment the Patriots in New York? I can now because they don't matter anymore. Like now, it's in the past. Now I'm referencing. Yeah, I'm a history. Jags fan, and I don't even like them. I don't have to deal with them. But. Oh, the, well, I guess I did have to deal with sucks. them. Also, I, not for nothing, Randy Moss never won anything with the Patriots, so I can reference that team all the that's, time. That's Shout true. out to Eli that's Manning. And but the you're New not York a Giants fan. fan. But yeah, I, I I'm guess not. But I claim that season as a win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's we were really a Giants great unified year. <laughs> I mean, Eli unified New York in a way that I, I don't think anyone has since. He he could probably run for office with how much he unified New York that year. So Jet fun. fans were like, "Listen, I any ill will I have for the Giants is gone. I need them to win this game so the Patriots aren't nineteen and zero. That should we're be off the rails a little bit. Yeah. We're off oh, the rails sorry. a little bit. I do think that there is a bit of an overreaction from Knicks fans. I'm certainly there, and I want to ask you how much am I allowed to overreact? Because I'm at the point of like any any team that the Knicks go up against. It's like Tony Stark talking to Loki. Like you may have an army. We have OG Ananobi. Like you, you tell me where how how would you stack the Knicks up against the the consensus contenders in the Eastern Conference? Right now, I guess I have to see a little bit more of them on offense. I think on defense, obviously, like they're going to be able to 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 guard with the best of them on offense. So they are ninth in offense right now. Um, behind New Orleans, Denver, and Philadelphia. On defense, they are seventh. They are fifth in net rating. Obviously, like all the metrics check out. Brunson is obviously like a go-to bucket getter. I do think that like Randall and the turnovers, um, that's gonna be like a thing that you gotta watch, you know. Um, and I don't know, I don't know, Andrew, how much like scoring they're going to get against elite defenses in the playoffs that are scheming for them. I think Brunson kind of showed you that, okay, like Miami threw everything in the kitchen sink at him and he manufactured bucket after bucket. He hit so many tough looks. 
can Randall and one other guy give you that? I do, that's something I that's don't know. And that's I have the question. Yeah, I think I'm not. You know, but I do think that like if Brunson averages like 22 in a series, that might not be good enough. And that you know what I mean. So they need to depend on him to to I think punch a little bit above his weight. Not, and I don't want to say that as like an insult. I think that there's like guys that like. I mean, I think Jimmy scoring 22 in a series is like a comfortable number for him, right? But I think mm-hmm. Jimmy scoring 27, you know, that's like okay, we're I'm punching above what is comfortable for me. And I think depending on guys to do that, and it's what, listen, I, I'm not being a hypocrite either because I don't really like Miami counting on that on, on Butler. And I think like New York counting on that from a guy like Brunson, who's like, obviously can do it. But then if he can't, where else are you getting production? Like scoring? Because I know when Miami d- doesn't have that, they look dead in the water. But can New York get enough from Randall and Anobi? You know, I think losing quickly, I, I think New York's probably need another another ball handler, as you talked, like about a backup guard could use another wing. Um, but that's kind of my question with them. And it's tough with these teams because I think last year, you know, New York, that was like really the first year of that build, like, you know, having a real playoff run in the spotlight and that Cleveland series, I think you'd admit was weird. They just annihilated them. Like they annihilated them and, it, and then they play Miami and Neither team looks comfortable the entire series. So it was kind of like tough to gauge, you know, like, well, what's what's real here? You know, because you have those two extremes for both teams, really, because Miami looked great against Milwaukee, then goes to New York, who is was, you know, no offense, objectively a worse defense than the number one seed Milwaukee Bucks. And it's like, well, why can't they score now? Why is everything so difficult? You know, is this just a this is a the hate Super Bowl? So that would be my question for New York. I think obviously, like. I think if New York doesn't get a home seed, that's a disappointing season for them at this point. I think they should try to get, you know, they should. I, I think like between them and, and Indiana, I trust Indiana more, right? I guess. But them in Cleveland, that's the one I'm I'm struggling with. Do I have I, to? I, I probably, if they played, I'd probably pick New York. Okay. Can I get crazy about Milwaukee and and not Boston. I, think I just think that those Boston teams are like 60 a, games. So like Milwaukee's weird. I just, I've, I guess I just look at Milwaukee and Philadelphia as like a little vulnerable. I just, again, I, I just don't know if New York has enough like scoring punch to get there. I think Milwaukee's, I mean, we, I got to see like what their defense looks like under rivers because their defense, you know, I, I think Milwaukee's defense looked pretty spotty a lot of the time. So Milwaukee is 20th in defense right now. Mm. Um, you know, and again, those guys are getting older too. Like Lopez is getting older, you know, Giannis, all that. I mean, Giannis is still fine, but like, you know, they're not losing holiday and replacing him with, with, with Dame is going to be tough. I don't think that's a horrible series for the Knicks. And I think that if you had to play one of the top three teams, I think that's the one you want. I, that's, I can see a world where Brunson goes absolutely freaking insane. And Milwaukee just kind of like, if you think about it, man, think of the Bucks. They lose in 2019. They lose to Toronto. Van Vliet goes absolutely buck wild. Right? In 2020, mm-hmm. they lose to the Heat. Jimmy, Crowder, and Duncan went crazy in that series. They win in 21 off that fake COVID season that all the good teams had like two months off. The following year, they lose, did they lose to Boston? That went that series. 
Talking yeah. about Milwaukee? Yeah. They lose to Boston. So, so they, they win the title, and the next year they lose in seven, and Tatum has like yeah. 46 in game game six. They just have this, and then last year we know what happened. They just have a propensity because of the way that they're constructed and the size that they play with, that they are so feast or famine, and I think that they just give up these huge series and performances more than other great teams. And I just think that like, if you're a Knicks fan and you're like, I can totally see Brunson averaging like 35 for a series because he's absolutely tormenting those guys in a drop. Okay. And yeah, w- would I bet on that? I don't know. Would it surprise me? Of course not. You know what I mean? So that's kind of, that's kind of the, 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 what you get by playing Milwaukee. And that's why I like, that's an interesting series. I think Philly's tough. Um, and I think they're going to, I think they're going to make another move. I'd imagine they're going to make another move. They better. Um, and obviously I think just think Boston's just crushing everybody right now. So Boston's the one team I'm not even like flirting with. It's, it's very much a health question for me. I also me. think that it, matchup's bad because I think Boston can switch a lot against New York. And I think New York might have, I think New York's going to be able to defend them well, but I do think that New York's going to have some soft spots on defense that Boston might be able to exploit. And I think Boston has a lot of athleticism as well. And Derek White's so annoying. I'm so sick of that guy. I personally can't talk to talk about any soft spots the Knicks have on defense at the moment. I need to see Boston play against this new, this new version of the Knicks. The, the, during the, are you the worried? Old version. And I, I don't, again, I don't ask this facetiously. Are you worried no, ask, about Brunson getting targeted in pick and roll? Because that's like um, the one thing where he's going to be doing so much on offense. I do think that he, I think the Knicks need another, A, they need another ball handler, but I, I think ideally you want a more reliable scorer than Randall because I, I think that the responsibility to create and to manufacture offense on Brunson's a lot. And I, I, don't, I don't think Brunson's this all defensive kind of guy. And I just think that like you just get diminishing returns on the other end when you have to do so much on offense. I think he can be picked on. And the thing that scared me about the Milwaukee games earlier in the year is that you couldn't hide Brunson on Beasley because like Beasley could just shoot over him. It's very reminiscent of the Heat series last year where they put him on they put him on Duncan. Duncan, like in game five, brought the Heat back in that game because yeah. he was just shooting over him. And then you put him on Struce, then Struce was just like doing what he wanted against him. So I do agree that that's like a concern. I do think Brunson's been to whatever you want to say better is, he has been better this year. And even if it's just like a, a strong body in the way, if it's a traffic cone, it's a traffic cone with concrete underneath with it. Little, like, little, with a little oomph. Right. And I, this is where the Ananobi thing changes things. They have surrounded him with better health defenders on defense that, you know, can play free safety between DiVincenzo and between um, Ananobi and then in lineups with Quentin Grimes and Josh Hart and, you know, like at the only time I'm really worried about Brunson, this is where I think the Knicks have kind of expertly built this team is they know how weak of a defender he can be. So everybody else on the floor is an elite defender outside of Randall. And when Randall's on the floor is when you have your most amount of creation juice working for you. So like you know? the other Brunson thing is so Brunson's shooting 52% at the rim. That's the mm-hmm. eighth percentile. Obviously a career low by a lot. Yeah. Now go to threes. No, no, yeah, the, the threes I know, but but obviously in the playoffs, like you have to get to the basket, especially when you are going to be mm-hmm. creating against these bigger teams, right? Because when you get bigs on you, you need to, you know, you cannot, I guess you can try to live on a pull-up diet, but at the end of the day, you need to get to the basket and everything. So that's the one thing I look at with Brunson. And I, I think he's a gamer. 
So I imagine that that gets hopefully in the second half of the season for for them gets corrected a little bit. But it's something that I would monitor because I you mean, know listen, how I, you were talking about the regression Jimmy. for the well, no, like the regression Pro, for the your regression to the mean, right? So the, yeah. exactly that they were regressing positively. Yeah, yeah, I think Brunson now in this world where like Hartenstein was starting for Mitch because Mitchell Robinson is hurt and like the rim is not as clogged. Like the dunker spot is not always occupied. He's been able to like he, he's his assist rate is up since it's the trade. Right, yeah. And it's why that January 1st, you just have to start from there and sort all the numbers because it's a different world that the Knicks live in between like the quickly buried combos and then the yeah, and this is this is where I don't want to pile on RJ. Like I, no, I, yeah. I hope I wish him oh, well. I'll pile on RJ. You could do then then this is G talking, not me, but I'll say it. He was a borderline liability at points with the Knicks because he couldn't space the floor. He was offensively just not a good fit. He wasn't hitting any of these these mid-range twos or these shots at the rim. Now the Knicks didn't run a ton, and he's like really good in transition, but this is where he just wasn't a good fit next to Brunson and Randall. Ananobi is the I was always happy when he was on the floor. Them. When I was Miami, like I was like, oh, thank God. Brunson, uh, Randall, uh, Bear which was crazy because in the playoffs, we didn't think he was going to play a ton and he started hitting shots for two weeks, which is why yeah, I was like, they, hey, you kind of have to play. play Brunson. Miami play, was uh, able to Barrett. score by putting him in actions they and they were so like for me, I'm like, oh, that's a, you know, that's a win for them, you know, um, but and yeah. to your to your question, I have, I just have like zero concerns about Brunson scoring in the playoffs, like zero. No, I, I, I don't really, I, I don't really either. It's more everybody else. But I'm saying that, like, you know, again, you're gonna have to, you're gonna have to ask him. You're like, okay, Jay Jalen, you're gonna have to play the best basketball of your life to get us, you know, to where we want to be. So I think if you're the Knicks, you know, you, you you know, if you're if you're on the whiteboard, you're like, okay, like realistically. I think the goal should be conference finals, right? It's like, okay, we, we got to the semis. You know, I think we want to, we want to get one place further and then we'll go from there. At that point, we're on house money or whatever. So it's like when you play those second round teams, whether it's Philadelphia, Boston, or Milwaukee, it's like, can they get that second and third guy to contribute enough? Because those other teams, you know, okay, is maybe Brunson can, you know, is Brunson going to be able to score toe to toe with Embiid? I don't, I don't know. And has been the best scorer in the league this year. Maybe he his diminished in the playoffs. But let's say that he does. Well, who's gonna, who's gonna outscore Maxi and all those other guys? You know, and if you're in Milwaukee, who's gonna outscore Dame? And you know, not to, not to distill basketball into something so reductive, but you know, it's a team sport and there's more to it. But I, that's just what I would look at if I'm the Knicks and I have to see it, you know, first. But obviously, they're playing. Listen, I, as a hater, even I have to say, like, they're playing fantastic. They look good and yeah. It's why it all guys. goes back to Randall. I know. Listen, we're, we're glad we Randall's another bozo, bro. I don't like I, him. I have regained a soft spot for Mr. Julius oh, Randall. Such a like. I don't know, man. I don't. I don't really get Nick fans because it's like he has an attitude problem. Doesn't he like antagonize the fan base all the time? Not anymore. No, no, no. That was bro, literally that, one. Not game. anymore. That doesn't change that it was happening. But like when I say not anymore, it was literally one game. Like one game he. But he did the thumbs down in 2022. Like, Bro, we're two years up. removed from that. He did, is what I'm saying. He oh. did. There's, uh, listen, I'm not going to turn this into like me trying to defend Julius Randle because I do admit that's the question. Like, that is the question about the postseason. You want to I mean, talk his, about his impact how, numbers how, are great. I mean, he's having mm-hmm. another really good season. Is he um, an all star for you? I know you have two candidates in Jimmy and Bam, but if you had to pick three to four front court players, who else? Um, 
probably I liked um I liked Ernie Johnson's ballot. I forgot um so he had uh Jalen Brown, he had Randall, he had yeah. Bam, and he had Bonchero. Yeah, that and I don't get the Paolo thing, by the way. So actually, no, the 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 one I like was uh was Kenny, was it Ken? No, this is the West. So Kenny didn't have Randall no, on. Yeah, no, Kenny had Randall. And, oh, and, no, no, it was Chuck and Shaq. Uh, Chuck and Shaq. Yeah. Chuck and Shaq that didn't have uh, Randall on. Yeah, so they had... So Brunson for sure, Mitchell for sure, Maxi for sure, Brown for sure, Bonchero for sure. Bonchero for sure. Yeah, he's good. And he's had to do everything for them when... But they don't do anything. Trons, like, you're, you're Trons, being the best offensive player on a bad offensive team. Yeah, but, like, they gave Derrick Rose an MVP for that. So it's like... So and you admit that's wrong, right? I do because LeBron should have won. LeBron, so we should get LeBron it wrong again, or or Dwight. So we should uh, get it I wrong just, again. I don't think that's Benchero's fault, though. I think that if you, put, I'm not saying it's his fault, but I think if you put we, Benchero, is this a projection selection that we no, think he's going to be good think, one day? I think blaming him for the offense being bad is like not fair. I think but that he is, but you're but you're still then crediting him for it potentially being anything, and I don't think. Like you, if you think that Orlando with anything, it should be a defensive Randall player. Randall for sure over Banchero. Easily for me. I haven't. I haven't Banchero, Banchero has RJ Barrett efficiency this season. I've been, I've been put on the spot a little bit. So I, 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 I don't mean to put you on the spot. This I don't, is, no, no, because I don't want to, I don't want to misspeak. Yeah, I mean, you're Randall good, you're has good. like the better impact metrics. I mean, like, you know, Look, I admit Randall's like, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, with people that like, I don't know if I want to put a second Nick on the all-star team and that's the way he started thing, the season, which is, I understand what people are like, that's stupid. But like, I do think that like people saying four Celtics was ridiculous. If you put a third Celtic over a second Nick, I'd be like, you know what? The Celtics have been that good. I'd understand it. I don't think it should be Derek White. I would say a Kristaps Porzingis. It should but, be Porzingis, but right. So like, that's where I would go with it. I just don't get the Bonchero thing that we're just like, I've had to hear about RJ Barrett's efficiency and his impact stats his entire career. And I was never a defender of him, but like that's what we held against him. And in year two, a guy with a sub-50 effective field goal percentage, Kyle Kuzma's points per shot attempt on cleaning the glass, and like a 0.5 EPM, and he's an all-star? Like that's 20, why I'm like, are we doing this too early for Paolo? Yeah, I mean, 23, 7, 6, 23, uh, 5, and, and, and 7. A lot of minutes. He's shooting 35% from three. He's shooting 48% from two. Yeah, I mean, yeah, listen, I'm I'm not I don't feel too strongly about it. Um so I mean, yeah, you you can have that one. Okay, I'll take it. I'll not, I get yeah. I get uh, the Knicks win game six. There you go. <laughs> probably probably Brunson, Mitchell, Maxi, Bam, Brown. I'll give you Randall. How about we put both? Let's put Randall and Machero. Randall in and Bonchero. So yeah. they get the two wild card spots. Yeah. I mean, does Trey Young deserve it? I don't know. I don't really think so. Um, hold They're on. Like 27 me, and 11 actually, this year. The, usually, usually what I like to look at as a tiebreaker is how does a team look when you're on and off the floor? So let's, let's look at Paolo's. I'll wait versus, until you look for, for Bonchero. Here, 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 we'll do like live producing on the spot. Okay, I'll look up. Okay. I'll look up Trey Young. You look up Paolo Bonchero. So, so we're both gonna yeah. look up everybody. Oh, they are. They're very good with Bonchero off the floor. They're right, like eleven points better. Right, nine, nine per hundred. There you go. They're minus three with him on. Let's look at Trey Young. Let's go to Atlanta. Let's. Trey see. is a minus two point two. So it's like nine points different, but still 
better with him. They're off. bad with him both on and off. The defense is somehow the same, which I think DeJounte Murray should be investigated for point shaving. <laughs> and let's look at your beloved Julius Randall. Let's Julius Randall. Here we go. Let's let's see if you're okay. So Randall is a plus six on and a plus three off. So that's good. The offense so is a positive total. That's yeah. interesting. Their offense is 10 points better per 100 possessions with him on. He's like a good offensive player. Like the oh, yeah. issue with me for Randall has always been like the ever since that first fake COVID year that you're talking about, right? Since then, you haven't been able to really survive without a second creator yeah. on the court. And because he stopped hitting all those long twos, he's not shooting 40% from three in open gyms anymore. Is Banchero a fraud? Did I just did I just learn that Banchero's a fraud? I, I just, we kind of uh, I'm not gonna lie, I, I've been so that here in Nick's so film school. Does Jimmy it. have a better case of Banchero? Wait a second. I actually do think he does. And Wait I don't, a second. Which is why I don't think that it should be as consensus as the TNT guys did last night with Banchero. I just don't. I'm not there yet. I think for sure those other deserves, guys are. Should Derek there. White be an also over Banchero? My call. I, I, just, I would put him there. I do think we're at the place with Banchero where we're projecting a bit. Where we're saying in a couple years, all of these long twos that he's being forced to take in this offense, it's good experience. Because he's gonna make them one day. He's ha- again. I was. I didn't pick Kyle Kuzma on accident. They have identical points per shot attempts that's in, the, in the percentile. Is oh, that, that's that's interesting. I didn't get. I said I. I've been so checked out on on All Star because I'm like. I guess Bam is gonna get in. I don't think Jimmy should get in. I just think Jimmy's just. Bro, I, I gotta be honest with you. I just mm-hmm. don't like re- like. I don't like rewarding guys for not trying. And I just mm-hmm. don't think that guy is Jimmy. Yeah, I just don't think he gave a, like a crap this year. And I just. I forget I'm a fellow to curse or not. So I haven't. You're allowed, the whole show. You're he hasn't given a fuck all season, bro. And I'm like, if you don't give a fuck, you shouldn't get anything. And I don't like that because I think that like last year he was an all-star and he didn't get in because of the games played thing. He also didn't get in the fake COVID year. And I was like, bro, if we're going to do games played on a fucking COVID year, like that's ridiculous as well. So like he's been, he's been kind of fucked out of a couple all-star appearances. So it's like, if he gets in now, whatever, fine. Like you owe him one, but I, I would not put him. He's just not giving a shit this year. And I just don't think you should reward guys that don't give a shit. So I think, and, and I don't think he cares. And I think to be honest, Andrew, he mm-hmm. doesn't want to go. I didn't he say like, if I'm a reserve, I'm not going, yeah, I'm going to yeah. Argentina. Yeah. I think what's, what's fascinating about that is that's like, if Knicks fans had to watch Jimmy Butler this season, like that's the thing that frustrates us the most with Randall is like the low effort possessions sometimes and the low you'd, effort you'd, games you'd that you him. get. You'd boo him. Nikki has been booed before. Yeah, like you'd uh, boo Jimmy. Miami doesn't boo. Oh, you're saying we'd boo Jimmy? Yeah. You know what's yeah. crazy? This city would never boo. They, we're not booers. We don't boo our own. Really? Yeah. There were no boo birds last night. No. I tuned into. Uh, to, not hangover time, but the the heat beat last night. The, the we wouldn't do it in an arena, like you know what okay, I mean. Like we'll so make it's fun a, of them as far as an arena, it would be yeah, anonymous. Yeah, they're never. I, I've never. And I, listen, I've listen. There's been some rough years. I mean, I was there when they won 15 games, and Pat Riley said he's going to fire himself. You know, I was there for that, and he did. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite quotes. Which, by the way, I believe the season before that he traded Shaq after the same charity gala that he traded Lowry. That's the mm-hmm. second time. That man is working the phones at his charity gala and sends a dude away. What a mobster. Get on Lowry for going to the charity gala, by the way. Hey, he should get credit, man. I wouldn't have yeah. gone if I were him. <laughs> My last act with the Miami Heat is going to a charity gala where you were taking calls in order to move me to the Charlotte yeah. Hornets. My goat. Um, well, gee, I'm glad we did that little exercise because I, I needed someone who I trust. 
to also see what I see in pile Very of cursory yeah, I think I'm, off I think I'm the cuff opinion because again I have not I've really checked out of who's an all star this year because it's Chuck putting Miles Turner is so funny. It's on the guys. That's the guys Duncan's brand. Like, yeah, no way he's watched any Miles Turner. Mm-hmm. That's so, I want to put a second pacer on, but I'm surprised he didn't put Obi Toppin on. It's like he's he's leading in field goal percentage percentage. You know, if he wanted to go that that direction, Obi Toppin as a pacer is weird, bro. I've gotten used to it. And uh, part of that's just watching and like the fact that he settled into the exact role that I thought he needed to be in, which is like a high efficiency backup power forward, which he's, he's just been really he good looked, at. Bro, if you were to go to like an AI and go to like mid journey and put New Yorker, like <laughs> I think that he would come up, uh, you know? Yeah. And I, he grew up there, right? Yeah. What, yeah so, I mean, maybe end up in Brooklyn. Who knows? He's going to be a restricted free agent soon. Uh, so um, anyway, G. Going into this matchup on Saturday, I wish you the worst of luck. I Thank wish you continued you. failure with the Miami Bro, Heat. that SpongeBob meme when SpongeBob and Squidward are shaking each other for employee of the month? It's like, look at him with his <laughs> dirty loser smile. And SpongeBob's <laughs> like, I hate his guts. Uh-huh. What's, the, what's the next line? I'm going to make, as soon as he lets go, I'm yeah. going to make a run for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, that's <laughs> us right now. Like, <laughs> very much so. Very much so. Um, I. I maintain that I'm more, I'm just, I'm always going to be terrified of the heat. And that is the, the last modicum of respect that I will have for this team that does seem to be, um, at the end of a run. But obviously they're going to play each other twice again. And maybe by then they'll be up to the three seed because that's how afraid I am of a turnaround. So, you, you know, we'll see what having happens. Regular season success. Ah! I have no idea what to expect. I just know this game was not easy for me. I had more confidence going into the Denver game than I did the Miami bet, Heat. Bet the under, baby. Bet the under. You know how I you. said how reckless am I allowed to be about the the East and the consensus contenders? The way I would rank my fear rankings is the Celtics won the Heat too. That's so funny. Yes. And I think there are Knicks fans that share my opinion. Ty Windich of the Yairo step. I've been mm-hmm. chat with him and 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 I, I I somebody had said something and I go, man, the heat just stink this year. And this and and he's like, ha, nice try, not falling for it. And I was yep. like, bro, you too? He's yep. like, nope, seen this before, not falling for it. And I go, I'm telling you it's different. And he goes, Nope, not falling for it. I gotta give a shout out. Our our impact metric guru XJ has been like the heater trash. Like they're every bad, impact bro. metric I'm says they're you, a bad team. Like stop being afraid of them. And I, Mensa, our other guy, uh, and I, I was not talking like, nope, this way last year. It. Nope, nope, nope. Uh, you know, I was not talking like this last year. No, it wasn't until the playoffs that we got anything close to this. <laughs> and I, but because I was like, no, nah, it'll they'll, it'll it'll get fixed. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not saying that this year. Gee, I thought the I last advise. pod we did, we were saying goodbye for the summer and we met up in the playoffs. That's oh, how yeah, terrified I, that, I am oh. of that. <laughs> Andrew, I planned a trip mm-hmm. to Cape Cod in May mm-hmm. with my friends. Yeah. Because I was so resigned to them losing to Milwaukee. I paid for things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah and then i was like yeah guys can't make it sorry yeah the whoever, might go wants, to the finals whoever wants my year. spot you know can go so that's the last question percentage points scale the one to a hundred that the heat uh, i'm not I'm gonna say finals that they can make the conference finals again conference finals yeah Two one to a hundred three five, nah, I'll, I'll give 15 percent 15. Okay. That's just respect for Spo and Jimmy. Okay. 
they need the, a, is that they consensus need, or do you okay. speak on the minority of like Heat fans? I have no idea because you can't really tell what Heat fans actually think because they're just emotional. But like, you know, everybody's mad. They all hate everybody. But I like everybody's complaining about Jimmy. I bet you if you start saying bad things about Jimmy, they will fucking come at you with <laughs> fangs and pitchforks. So it's like only so, so I it's hard to tell what they think. About yeah, only we can right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Only we can. So I, I don't even I can't tell how these people feel. Okay. I have no idea if we're we're crossing this over. So I'm just going to say something and hope that Heat fans see this. You are never allowed to criticize Jimmy Butler or Eric Spolstra. I just like my personal opinion. I cannot like if I like when I was seeing Patriots fans complaining about I know they are, which is why on behalf of Knicks fans that have had to live through Derek Fisher and Jeff Hornacek and Isaiah Thomas and uh, David Fisdale. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah, like. We we complain about Tibbs sometimes. Even then, we catch ourselves like, all right, hey, yo, best Fizdale's, coach since Van Gundy. Fizdale's a Heat legend. Okay, I know he's a Heat lifer, and you know what? I wish he had stayed in Miami because as a head Me coach, too. he's not that good. Okay, you know that they want people like are really legitimately mad at Spo sometimes. I year. know, and I think it's it's an awful job by Heat fans. That's it's the his only wor- critic, it's his worst season coaching in a very long time. Is it? And he yeah. got, it's his most expensive season. Like he just got paid. Yeah, well, that's that that extension's for later. So he's still on the previous contract uh, right so now. So that this is why he's getting it all out now. Like you'll get what you paid for next year. Is what yeah, he's saying. Yeah, it's it's he does things that I don't understand, and I think part of it is placating ego and managing personalities. But it has been, I don't feel great about him. I think in the playoffs that's what matters, and he'll adjust and lock in. I just think that like like I said the the implementing of the drop they did did not look prepared to to switch yesterday they they I, I don't really care about rotations very much, but I just think they play way too much like Duncan love hero or like Rozier hero love or like you know stuff like like Lions with three bad defenders, and I'm like, what do we do? you know like he's obsessed with Josh Richardson. And Josh Richardson's like straight up one of the worst defenders in the league this year. And, you know, I don't, I don't get it. You know, I don't know what, I, I don't, I don't see what he sees, you know, at mm. all. Um, I think the benching of Kyle for Jovic for the point guardless lineup was like, I don't know, kind of ridiculous. So there's like some stuff that I'm like, I don't, what do you mean by that? You know what I mean? Like when he does <laughs> stuff and I don't, I'm not, it's just not his. It's just not his best year. Now he's not winning any awards. Let's put it that way. It's fine to criticize humans because humans are fallible. And he's the go. And if anybody of you, if any of you Nick fans ever say a, a word about his beautiful Filipino head, I will come for you with a raging fire. Here's here's where I am. I think he's above. He's allowed to have a year like this and yeah, not sure. see anything. When I search the hashtag Fire Spo and it's not like a very dated tweet, I'm like, this is ridiculous. That's my stake on it and so yeah do you can people size them and be frustrated with this year heat fans like you you, you don't know it, it's very much the the meme yeah. from the passion of the christ set <laughs> where it's like jim caviezel as jesus with the crowns on his head and like in full makeup that he and and bl- bloody and gibson complaining to him about something like that's and, you complaining about your coach in front let of me any tell you other something fan. andrew these fans you know we can we can close with this i know we're going long. yeah these fans have had pretty much our whole life. Pat Riley, Stan Van Gundy, and Eric Spolstra coach. Two Hall of Fame coaches and one elite coach because Stan was awesome. Mm-hmm. You don't want to know what it's like. You really don't. Now, nope. I'm a Liverpool fan. 
And I don't know if you have anybody, your audience has seen the news. Jurgen Klopp, our legendary coach, is leaving. We're all devastated. It's like literally, I can't, it, it's like if Kerr in the middle of the Durant years said, yeah, I'm done, right? Like somebody who brought your team back to prominence, who's like such a, a key face, the players love. And now my, 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 my football club is going to have to search for a manager that's not the best manager in the Prem. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's a scary proposition. Yes, I said he's the best. Pep Guardiola fans in your face. This is this is out of my but my, my favorite soccer coach is Ted Lasso. So <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so yeah. So shout out to shout out to Jurgen Klopp. You will never walk alone, my goat. Yes. Well, also shout out to Eric Spolstra, who I consider one of the goats. And it's why I go into this game cautiously optimistic because one team is clearly playing well, but with respect because of how good I know the other team could be. Uh, and one thing I know is always good when the Knicks play the Miami Heat is that you and I get to talk for an extended period of time. That's the, best, that's the best part of it. It's always the good thing that comes out of it. Uh, before you get out of here, please let the fine folks know if they would like to, where they can check out you, the Miami Heat beat, and all your, all your stuff. Find me at Ginavas103 on Twitter or on, on our main account at Miami Heat Beat. We're also on TikTok at Miami Heat Beat. That's a new thing. We're, we're getting with the kids, baby. On mm. Instagram, all that good stuff. Our Twitch, twitch.tv slash Miami Heat Beat if you want our post games. Listen, yesterday, I don't know if you guys, you know, to give you a, a little taste of what we do, uh, Tyler Hero had a ridiculous outfit and our chat was absolutely roasting him. One <laughs> dude said he looked like DB Cooper. If you know, you know. And that's the kind of fun we have even after losses. So mm-hmm. if you want to ever join and, and talk hoops and have fun with us, you know, please, please step in. Always a good time with the Miami Heat beat. Uh, G, as always, good to see you, my man. Take care, my brother. Thank you. And as far as I'm concerned, if you dig the show, head over to iTunes, drop a five-star rating and a review. I'll be back on Monday morning with a preview of the Knicks against the Hornets. But until next time, thank you for listening. Enjoy the game tonight. And I will speak with you soon. Peace. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.